0: You're listening to the Membership Geeks podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and advice from the leading experts on growing a successful membership business. Well hello there, welcome to episode 375 of the Membership Geeks podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison, one half of those aforementioned Membership Geeks and this is the number one place to be for your dose of membership expertise. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you're a first time listener, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast app to ensure that just as Stephen Tyler intended, you do not miss a thing. And if you're a return listener and you've heard that Aerosmith joke more times than you care to mention, please don't hold it against me when I ask you to do a tiny little favour and just take a few minutes of your time to leave a nice, shiny review in whatever podcast app or service you listen to the show in just to let me know and let Callie know that we're doing a good job, that we're achieving What we set out to achieve by coming to your inboxes your earbuds your headphones every other week with our membership insight Uh, it really really does mean so much to us we read each and every review and we're so grateful for all of your kind words and it does just let us know that we're we're doing well we're achieving our goals of reaching and helping as many membership owners as possible and of course by leaving us a review you help us further that goal and get us in front of more people. So if you can do that, if you feel inclined to do that, if you enjoyed the show, if you've ever had any value from this show in terms of picking up tips, tactics, insights, and advice that have improved your membership or helped you develop your idea, it would really mean a lot if you can do that. And if you do, be sure to hit us up on social media at Membership Geeks to let us know so we can thank you personally. All right. Today's episode is a very special episode. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Mark Asquith. Mark's been on the show a few times to share his wisdom, not just around the podcasting world, which is one of the biggest thinkers and the biggest innovators in, but also around business, entrepreneurship, and of course, memberships as well. He runs a membership um, and has employed some great strategies for that membership that we talked about in past episodes. But I wanted to get him on the show today to really look at where the podcasting industry is right now, how it's changed in light of the big kind of explosion that we've seen in the world of podcasting. There's no doubt that it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, certainly in recent years. And things are very different now from how they were when I first started this podcast back in 2015. And even then, there was a bit of a boom in the podcasting world but it's nothing compared to where we are now. So I wanted to kind of check in with him to see what is going on, what's happening, what's working in the world of podcasting right now, and how we can adapt our podcasting strategy when it comes to using it in conjunction with our membership. So we dived in to a lot of real, interesting, insightful, and highly valuable areas, not just about the state of the podcasting industry, but also some of the cool things that membership owners can be doing to both adapt to how the industry has changed and also put themselves ahead of the curve. So without any further ado, I'm going to dive right in to my conversation with Mark Asquith. All right, my guest today is known as that British podcast guy. He's one of the United Kingdom's original podcasting experts, co founder of the single best podcast hosting platform there is, Captivate.fm. And he's known and respected worldwide as an insightful, thought provoking keynote speaker on all things related to the podcasting industry. And chief amongst all those accolades, he's also one of only two people to appear as a guest more than once on this show. He is, of course, the one and only Mister Mark Asquith. Welcome back to the Membership Geeks podcast.
1: Well, oh, thank you very much, my friend. I'm going to stick that on LinkedIn, mate. You stick anything yeah. on LinkedIn these days, can't you? So I'm going oh, to put that yeah. on LinkedIn, and then you can endorse me for that. I mean,
0: that's it done. All right, assuming there's some real, like royalties or yeah, yeah, your yeah commission yeah. on on all 10%. those leads you're going to get through LinkedIn. Yeah,
1: yeah, ten yeah. percent yeah. easy, mate.
0: Yeah. All right. So obviously you've been in the podcasting game for a ridiculously long time. I don't want to age you or anything. And through the work that you're doing with Captivate, you're right there at the coal face of the industry. So you've seen a thing or two. Now it feels to me, kind of almost on the outside looking in, that the whole podcasting scene has changed massively over the last what five years or so in particular. So let's just dive right in. What if anything? Should podcasters be doing differently now that maybe they weren't doing three, four, five years ago in in light of changes in the industry? Or have things just not changed as much as it feels like they have?
1: Yeah, it's, it's an insightful thread of thought, actually, mate. So it's a funny situation for me. So I got into podcasting, as you know, years and years ago. We've been to a thousand shows together, a thousand podcast conferences. And the industry was very much about the creator. It's always been about the creator. And I've been, as you said, I've been on that coalface for a long time from a creator's perspective. So building Captivate, building podcast websites, building other businesses that serve the creator. And when I say creator, what I mean is the person sat in their bedroom, creating content that they either love because they're a Star Wars geek like me, or that serves a business like we did with podcast websites and Captivate like you guys do, and like other membership owners do. The big change has come in that actually... When we said the words podcast industry, we sort of didn't mean that three or four years ago because it wasn't really an industry. Like if you imagine back in 2018, I remember like yourself and me and Cole and a few others out at podcast movement saying, wow, advertising or the industry is going to hit a billion dollars as an industry. And you think, well, actually that's not an industry. It's just service providers providing things to podcasters. So it's sort of an industry, but it's really still a very small cottage industry. now. Like it genuinely is an industry. It re- genuinely is an industry. And now Captivate is part of Global now. We were acquired by Global nearly a couple of years ago now. And what's interesting from my side is we, we now have a foot as people. I now have a foot like my day-to-day is, yes, I'll, I work with all the independent podcasters and I build Captivate. Nothing's changed there. But like the other side of my work is working on the news agency. You know, it's the biggest, one of the biggest podcasts in the UK, certainly the biggest news podcast in the UK, 10 20 million downloads since launch. It's a huge, huge podcast. And also working with like LBC and the talent that we acquire and some of the owned and operated stuff. And and I see the differences between the creator economy and the other big money podcasting. And the reason that I bring that up is because a lot of people think, well, how the heck is that related to memberships And how's that related to business and entrepreneurship and whatever? It's all the same search engine. Like It's all the same search engine. If you just search for business podcast, you're going to get business wars. You're not going to get, like you would have done 10 years ago, EO Fire, Smart Passive Income, Youpreneur Effect. You're not going to get those guys anymore popping up as readily because Wondery are now putting, I don't know, this is just off the top of my head, but $500,000 a year into producing business wars, which is a drama show. It's a narrative show. And that's what's changed, man. And you know what it's like. I mean, we've been around the block a few times, specifically in podcasting, and we've been to the shows and we've seen that, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, you could spin a, a podcast up about, you know, anything that you wanted. You know, fidget spinner 101, and you'd 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 get some downloads and you'd probably, you know, you'd the riches are in the niches and all that. The problem is now that, that every, number one, everyone's sort of podcasting, and not in a bad way, but everyone who is really making big money from podcast sponsorships, and I'm saying sponsorships really specifically, they are producing really bloody good cross-media, multi-IP podcasts. I'm thinking Law, you know, that that was an Amazon TV show, but it started out with Aaron doing Law as part of his Grim and Mile podcast network. You've got the news agents, which is, you know, cross-channel. You've got all the LBC stuff, like I said. You've got all the Wondery stuff, which let's be honest, they're commissioning stuff so that it can go on to be a TV show. And it look at like Q Code and all these people. What they're doing is they're casting voice actors from TV because when it goes to TV, which they're intending that every one of their shows will do, that person just plays that character on TV as well. And it, so that's a different world. And I, I know it feels so distant from memberships and business and how do we use content marketing and podcasts as content marketing or as a channel to grow our business, grow our membership. But like I said, it's all the same search engine and it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same judgment. You know, if I listen to business wars and the audio is that good, and then I listen to, you know, little Johnny that's got his membership podcast or he's got his podcast about podcasting or his podcast about entrepreneurship. And it's, you know, he's, he's sat away from the mic over here and he's banging on his thing and he's doing this, that, you know. It's, they're just not getting the downloads anymore. So that's that's what's changed, man. It's become an industry, and everything, everything has lifted a
0: level. So what can people do to actually uh, adapt to that? Other than you know, you mentioned audio quality and and kind of the more, I suppose, amateurish uh, traits that you get with people what, that everyone goes through. I mean, I, I dread to even go back and listen to the very first episode that I ever recorded, and even now, like put it with with the best equipment the best will in the world put that up against the average podcast i suppose that's what's that's what's changed the average podcast is very different today like that line has moved over over the years so has that has that really kind of um made concrete the idea of the indie podcast scene like the amateur podcast scene i know that that language was like that that was used for years but it kind of seemed to be you know an amateur and indie podcaster was just kind of a slightly lesser version of of a typical podcaster whereas now it is big corporate podcasts versus the guy in his, his bedroom like what can we what can the average indie podcaster do to adapt
1: yeah it's, it's a great question man and, and, and you're absolutely right the average the average is just become better you know it's like everything if you whatever sport you're into if you're into you're into football you know the average wages have gone up but actually i would say that the average fitness level of a football you know you're not going to get there's Jan is not having two pints of Guinness and then two John Smith's two pies and then going out and bashing him in for Barnsley or Liverpool, is he anymore? You know, it's a completely different, never thought I'd say Jan Mulby on a podcast. Yeah,
0: we're, we're going very but niche here. <laughs> we are going
1: tight niche, aren't we? Was, I was going to go with like Paul Parker because you're a Man U guy, but I didn't want to slight Paul Parker by saying he drinks. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's like everything has just progressed. You know, in life, I think everything progresses and podcasting has done that. The average well, as you say, has got better and better. and and But the beauty of this is that the accessibility of, as you said, equipment, like you've got a great microphone there. I've got a good microphone here. They're not expensive. You can get them and it's just about the technique. So like the basics, you're absolutely right. Like anyone can do the basics well now. And that's the beauty of the podcasting scene becoming an industry because people in tech are putting more money into it and everything's getting better. I saw there's something that's just released yesterday or was announced yesterday by Shure. It's just a little tiny module that's like, it's, I'm talking like it's like a, a thumb width. It's a tiny little thing, and it you plug it into an XLR cable, and it's got a USB stick on the end, and you, it turns any XLR mic into a USB mic. So, which is like think about that. Ten years ago, when we started,
0: that is that is actually pretty big, isn't it? I remember <laughs> just the hassle of when when for the main recording setup that that we use switching from USB mics to to XLR. Like I had, that's why I had to buy the Roadcaster pro like literally just because i didn't know like where does an xlr cable yeah. go in the back of my computer
1: <laughs> it's huge isn't How it It's just work that's right yeah and the technical so the technical limitations are coming down now when it comes to adapting to i don't want to say the word compete because i still I, obviously i'm still acutely aware of the fact that there is podcasting as entertainment which is what a lot of these big production companies are doing or as news or whatever but a bit essentially in the media right and then there's podcasts that exist usually in this that are podcasts and content as marketing? So this is where YouTube and and podcasting sort of crosses over because it's rare that you get like Top Gun Maverick doesn't get released first on YouTube, all right? But you get a lot of indies that are doing YouTube content. So it's it's podcasting's weird in that everything's all bundled together into one place. So the things that we can do to keep up, I I, I, I honestly think it's just about thoughtfulness and mindset. So if I'm promoting. Let's use memberships as a great example of that. We've you know, we heard for years, you've got to give value first. It's very trite. It's very cliched, but we know that. We know that we've got to turn up and we've got to give something that is useful to someone else. And it used to be just deliver information, deliver information, deliver information. The way that we now are able to stand out is by, for me, turning that much more into entertainment, but also turning that much more into something that is... Uh, digestible because people can get that information elsewhere now. There's so many other people doing it. So for me, it's about like how do you plan your show out? Do you do you design out things like basic segments? You know, like radio has always worked well with segments. It's drive time. Welcome to the weather, director. do you like right? It's five past the hour. Of course, it's the weather. So you know some of the lessons that we can learn from media, we can we can apply into our podcast. So things like designing segments out. But but I think the biggest thing that we can do is be conscious of editing ourselves. And that doesn't necessarily mean like edit physically going in, taking the audio, sticking it in an audition or whatever and editing it. What I mean is, and I'm the worst for this and I've had to start doing it, is like I will talk, you know me, man, I'll talk forever and we'll start talking about this and somehow I got onto Jan Morby, right? And the point is that even I've had to sort of self-edit in my planning in my episode where I've got to get more structured I've got to get more focused. And in particular, what I've got to do is is get to the good stuff earlier. So my show used to be very much, uh, Can you remember remember back in the day, you know, it was like, here's my intro and outro that's like two minutes long and it's got all these sound effects and it's got Mike Russell going, welcome to the podcast accelerator. Beautiful, amazing stuff. But now you can't do it because what people need, uh, they need something along the lines of, can you make money from your podcast? If so, what are the big three things that are going to stop you in your tracks? That's what I'm going to talk about today here on the podcast Accelerate. Just real basic stuff, but so many podcasters don't do it because we love hearing our own voice and we like talking about our own business. And I'm working on a, a golf podcast. I'm a big golf nerd. I like golf, Star Wars, and DC. That's they're, they're like my three vices and um, three vices I can talk about. And the 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 thing that happens on 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 this this golf podcast that I'm, I'm, I'm producing with with two guys is that they love the thing they're talking about, right? They love golf. And my job is actually to be the presenter on this show and to be the person that keeps them on track and keeps them focused. And man, it is hard because they love what they talk about. So that, you know, I might say something like, what do you think about Rory going on and talking about Phil Mickelson and putting him down about his gambling? And they'll answer that question and then they'll get to Jan Molby like I do. And that no longer is good enough. We have to tighten up a little more because otherwise some of the big players that have got the big production values and have got people editing these conversations down will take a lot of our traffic. will take many of our downloads and much of our audience just because I only have to spend 20 minutes listening to that one instead of 40 minutes. So there's a lot of that side of things. I also think as well, there's, there's, there's something to be said for this um, where you produce less you know, you just come back off a hiatus with your podcast. I've done the same with mine. I came back after a year, a year out. And like, people think a year out, like, holy crap, that's a long time. You've lost your audience. Now I would never compare us to Marvel, mate, but we all went to see Endgame a year after Infinity War. like, we don't forget, you know, it's not like if I buy the Throne book, Throne Ascendancy, and then the next one comes out a year later, I'm not going to be like, get lost. It's been a year. I'm not reading that. I'm not... No chance. No, thank you. So I think there's a lot to be said for higher quality production, more focused content, and more time spent not producing it, but telling people about it, marketing the content. So uh, we're a big fan of seasons. We talked about it before. You know, If you do a four episode season, that's cool. Be focused, be tight, be good, and then spend like 11 months of the year marketing the heck out of it. And I guarantee you will get as much from that as you will from like a weekly podcast. Because like unless it's a news podcast or it's a timely podcast, something that's time sensitive, who looks at a podcast and goes, oh, I'm not listening to that because it was published three weeks ago. No one. They look at the title, they think, all right, I'll give it a whirl. And that's so I think we're also, you know, we were <laughs> we were like conditioned, weren't we, to produce interviews every single week when we bought all the all these courses like six years ago. And it's just we don't need to do that anymore. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there, mate. You know me; I'll go deep on this stuff. But there's a there's a lot in there that we can do that is very much mindset focused.
0: Yeah, and I think the point that you're making about getting to the good stuff quicker, keeping things sharper. Like I noticed the more that our podcast went out. I mean, once we once we got over kind of the two hundred episode mark, like my first. Yeah, my first episodes were literally just, I've got a topic, I've got a microphone, I'm just going to talk. And then I found I had to start giving myself bullet points. Then the bullet points got a little meatier. And then I literally got to a point where I'm scripting word for word, even the improvisations and the like having a script word for word to do what you said, to edit myself, to to try and make broader topics or topics where i know that i could just shoot off for two hours and and still not get to the to the real good stuff to try and pack as much value into as short and as clear um a a way as possible and i I think it resulted in better episodes but it's a a lot more work and it takes takes time and effort and um what you said about spending more time actually marketing and less time just creating content for the sake of creating content that obviously that's going to go hand in hand with the fact that the average, the average, the typical small podcast, the one pod- about, they're not going to be showing up at the top of search anymore. And I think, may, do you think it's a case of people maybe taking for granted how good a discoverability vehicle, Apple podcasts and, and, I mean, it's really, it is just still Apple Podcasts, isn't it? Do you think it was people taking for granted how how easy it was back in those days to get discovered without necessarily having to market? Because mm. I, I certainly know that I, I've fallen victim to that. Like we, do, when we put the podcast out, we tapped into an audience who we would never have reached through any other marketing channel purely through the power of Apple being a search engine. But if you're no longer appearing in that search engine, then what the hell are you going to do to get your show in front of people?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, man. I think you're right in, insofar as like the charts are a great example, you know. I mean, I don't know. I've not looked for a while, but I'm willing to bet that you're not seeing Pat Flynn as number five anymore and John Lee Dumas. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're not doing anything wrong. They're still producing content. Um, but it's not Business Wars and it's not Diary of a CEO. And whether you like Bartlett or not, is Stephen Bartley's is on telly. Yeah, you know, and and I think so. I think that's one element of it. I think the other element of it as well is that, um, well, two things actually. I think the first thing is that back in the day, and it's, it's ironic because it's still like four years ago. But like <laughs> back in the day, like back in the golden age, we were all told it was a golden age, and it's like you put a podcast out, you gain a bit of an audience, but no one was ever selling courses on how to grow a podcast because they didn't have a clue. And if they did, like I remember seeing one in a a Facebook group, um, that, um, <laughs> someone had said, how do I double my downloads? And then the quote unquote entrepreneur had replied saying, uh, easy, you put dub- double the episodes out. And I was like, <laughs> right. that's the state of things. So yeah. the point is that we, we'd been taught to launch and we, so we gain a, an audience of say, let's, let's just say a hundred downloads an episode, right? Whatever. And even if that's a thousand or if it's 50, it doesn't matter. But we get to a point where our initial inertia, our initial momentum gets us to a point that we can say, right, that's my audience. And then when you go from there and try and get to a bigger audience, that's the bit that no one really knew, or even now, you know, there's a lot of struggle with that. And we'd stay at that point. And there was nothing wrong with that, because what would happen is we'd then start guesting on podcasts and we'd do this, that, and the other. And there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with that. It works. But then people would go to Apple Podcasts and we'd gain other, you know, a smaller rate of growth, but we would still grow. But then what happened is Spotify came along and they focus less on search and more on recommendations. And they focus on what do they focus on? They want they want revenue, of course, and it's all ad revenue. What's going to give ad revenue? Well, it's bigger numbers. And what are going to get bigger numbers? Bigger, better shows. They're not interested in entrepreneur content as we think about it. They're interested in media. So that opened up a massive demographic. We get all the numbers saying that the podcast industry is growing, this, that, and the other, all the listenerships going up and whatever, but they're not necessarily the type of people that want marketing-esque content, marketing content. They're wanting entertainment media, so they're pushed towards narrative podcasts. They're pushed towards interviews with pop stars and rock stars and movie stars and you know all the shows that, that are fun. Um, and, and, and so all those things came together to sort of... I wouldn't say the market is dwindling for us as content marketers using podcasts as a channel, but I would say that it is becoming out unless we realize that we are entertainment. You know, we have to be entertainment. We we have to be. And I, I think that's the bit that, I mean, you know, we're not known for our entertainment, apart from you and me, we're not known for our entertainment value as business people. So it's a, it's a huge jump for people.
0: Yeah. So do you, do you think it's enough still to just have A simple podcast then you know when you've got all these you know the celebrities the pop stars the big name interviewers um joe rogan getting signed to exclusivity deals you've got people like in the uk you've got the likes of chris ramsey like selling out arenas for people just to watch him and his wife record their podcasts like that is that still blows my mind like People are paying, and that's been sold out for like well over a year, to watch a podcast recording. Can you imagine someone paying to watch an average podcast being recorded? It's crazy. Is it enough if someone's just about to start a podcast these days to just be one person, one mic, hit record and share your thoughts? Or do you need to start to think of it as you are not starting a, a podcast in the traditional sense, you're starting a multimedia whatever
1: yeah. Good, good question, mate. And I, I think if you, if you intend on selling, so th- this is my general golden rule. Okay. If the podcast is the product, then you have to treat it like a full-time job and you have to be multimedia and cross media. That's what business was. And I use business words, but also things like, you know, what we've got with news agents at Global. We've got the Keith Lemon stuff. We've got the all the, all the Moyles and the Johnny Vaughan stuff's on there. And, you know, so it's, it's, if that, that's multimedia, right? The podcast, the product. If you are someone that is, and this is similar to YouTube, I would say as well, on video. If you are someone who uses podcasting as a channel for something else, to promote something, whether it's a business, a membership, a book, or whatever, then I would approach podcasting like business people approach books. So let's think about the book process. You, you know, you've written your fantastic books. You've got someone like Ducker releasing his books, you know, wh- whoever releases their books, right? So go around, who am I looking at? What's the book that I've got? I don't know. The, uh, the, the, the one thing, remember that one that's up there. I don't know why it's up there. It should be in the loft. There should be a star Wars book up there. But anyway, that book's up there. And so Gary writes this book, right? And he's, he he does the book and it's a project and it's done. But then what does he do? He goes out and he's speaking. Look at like Chris Gilbert is a great example of this. He goes out and he speaks and he speaks and he speaks and he speaks and he's on a bazillion interviews on a bazillion podcast, bazillion YouTube channel at every event you can possibly get to, just to promote this one book. And then the book in the back has always got, go and sign up to my email list for these free resources. So it's a funnel. We all know about funnels. That's what we do as membership people. And I think if people were to treat their podcast a little bit more like that, so I'm a startup, you know, an entrepreneur, a membership owner, whatever, someone said to me, I need to get into podcasting. I've got a decent mic. I've got a decent idea produce a six episode single season and treat it like a book. Go on as many podcasts as you ta- can. Go on a media tour of all the events. Go and speak at the events in your niche to promote the podcast. Because what you're not allowed to do at many of these events, or at least they tell you not, until they get on the stage and then they change it and pitch your crap. But you're not allowed to pitch. You're not allowed to sell stuff from the stage, all right? But you can talk about your podcast. So if, you, if that is the thing, you spend a month creating six episodes and then the rest of the year is going out and treating it like a book, don't listen to the podcast, Don't listen to the podcast. Then you use something like Captivate um, to dynamically insert your calls to action, dynamically insert your relevant time-bound offers, whatever you want to do. The, you get all of the output of a good podcast, but none of the, you know, we talked about this off-air to start with, none of the like day-to-day heartache of, right, what's next week? What's the week after? None of the planning, none of the heavy lifting, because you've done it. And then you do the same again next year, season two. And... That really works, and you even you're even now seeing um, to prove that this is a concept. You're starting to see people like um, Alan Partridge. You know, he's like season two of my podcast is here. You know, and it's and it's they're treating it like TV. It's a season. Give me another season. You know, whatever. So it's they're doing it as media, and we can do the same thing. And the irony with that is. <laughs> that it's like, it's less work than we expect because we're only doing the four or six episodes. So I I really recommend that to people. And it's, I see no downside to it.
0: No, it's interesting. And, and yeah, you know, we, when we've obviously, we've had the seasonal podcast and we've had the, the evergreen constantly weekly episodes now, fortnightly episodes. And yeah, they, they just give completely different opportunities to, to go out and, and promote. When you've got a weekly podcast, it's really just, okay, what's, what's kind of the quickest, almost lowest friction, lowest effort way that is repeatable of letting people know what this week's episode is versus, okay, I now have something complete. I now have a product. How would I go out and market any other product, whether it's a book, whether it's a course, whether it's um something like a physical product or a piece mm-hmm. of software? And it's a total different mindset and a total different approach. And um, yeah, like what you do, it is literally if anyone wants to see it in action, go to Mark's website because he, he eats his own dog food on this. Like every season, every every podcast, you can tell it is meticulously and strategically positioned as. This is self-contained. This is a product. And this is a piece of a larger puzzle or a larger funnel. Um, and it works. Yeah. It does. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot a bit because you you mentioned something that preempts um my next question, literally. Dynamic ad insertion with Captivate. Uh big, big plug. Captivate is our podcast host. You know, I'm not just plugging it because Mark's on the show, like we use it and it's ridiculous. Uh I've only recently started playing around with dynamic ad insertion. Like, I remember you and I remember Kieran, like, getting ridiculously excited about it, like, uh, however many years ago now that you, you launched it. But it's only last month I started tinkering with it and it, it blew my geeky little brain. Can you, can you share a bit with um, listeners what we're talking about? What is dynamic ad insertion? How does it work and how can the user to their advantage?
1: Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It's proper nerd fodder, and and and, and so I'm I'm going to slightly just amend the word into dynamic content because I think it'll help with um, I think it will help v- with people visualising the possibilities. Okay, so generally speaking, what happens is you know if you ever hear an advert on, um, if I listen to like the Claude Harmon podcast, I'm using this as a good example. Yesterday, I heard a, an advert. Um, I can't remember what it was for. So great product recall, but it was something that was was, it was tailored to me right? Claude had not recorded that. And that's, it wasn't quote unquote baked in where, you know, he'd recorded it. It was just inserted by an ad server somewhere. So similar to like display ads on Google and pay-per-click and all that sort of stuff. Now, what you can do in podcasting is you can take your audio, upload it to your hosting platform and say, right, here's at minute one, I'm going to insert a point And I just want, I just want my advertising partner to go and get an advert and stick it in. Now that works for like big players that have got tens and tens of thousands of downloads. Per episode, because what happens is advertisers pay and they bid for that space. So that's sort of dynamic and programmatic ad insertion. The way that we can use this is, yeah, we can do that if we're big enough. That's cool. But what a host like Captivate allow you to do is take some of your own extra content and insert it at various points. So a great example of this would be, right? Let's assume that I have got, um, I've got a weekly podcast. I've got 52 of these episodes because I've done it for a year. At the end of the year, I'm releasing my course, which will help membership owners to 10x the revenue through January, whatever. I know that my downloads peak in December because everyone starts thinking, well, why am I going to boost my membership? am I going to start my membership? Whatever. If if you only promote this course in the moving, uh, the catalogue moving forward, so from whatever, you know, today until the end of the year, you miss out on all the previous episodes. So what dynamic content and what dynamic insertion allows you to do. It's recorded, uh, uh, it can be an ad, it can be a teaser, whatever. And you can say, right, here's this thing that I am wanting you to do. I'm going to keep that as like a separate MP3 file, upload it to Captivate, and then throughout every episode, and you can do this in on mass, you can do it in bulk, you can do it one by one episodes, you can even paint over with Captivate. I'll not get too deep into this, but you can paint over other audio. So if you've got a baked in advert, you can paint over over your audio and insert this teaser or this call to action. And Captivate will insert it across all of your back catalogue if you want it to. It'll insert it at the beginning, at the end, into any of the slots that you insert throughout your audio. So you and I now, on this interview, we could say, right, it's been great to chat. Let me just tell you about this. And then you and I stop talking for like two seconds. And then you say, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that. On with the interview in that two seconds is where you insert your call to action. And that call to action can be as long as you want. Um, What Captivate also does, which is super powerful, which I think is very important, is we allow for text to be associated with this. So we've got, there's three bits of this. There's the audio element of it. There's the text that will go in your show notes. And then there's something that we call short link, So like Bitly built into Captivate that we built. What you can do is you can create a short link to your course a little bit of promotional text that goes in your show notes, and you can associate those two things with your audio so that when your audio is stitched together, if you insert that ad across all of your back catalog, not only does the audio go in, but all of your show notes are automatically updated with this new call to action text, and that link is inserted into your show notes, and we measure all the clicks on that link. So it's, it, man, it's such a powerful thing, and a very important point to note as well is that there's no limit to this. Um, you wouldn't do it, but if you wanted to put ten ads in or ten pieces of extra content, you can. And I, I'm, um, I'm pushing really hard. We will be doing this very, very soon. I'm pushing really hard for us to be able to take that. You know that baked in editor we've got where you hover over, I can, I can hover over my audio in Captivate, and I can, I can sort of select a section of it. One of the things that we're going to be putting out is where that section you can act that can be treated as a teaser, which can then be inserted into other slots across your back catalog. So you can say, coming up on this episode is, and then here's a dynamic teaser for Mark Asquith on your on your podcast. So there's there's so many powerful ways you can do it. Now, the, the, the big thing with this is, if you get really clever, and we, so let's go back to producing seasonal podcasts for a second, I can produce all of my ads. I can produce all of my content. I can produce all of, I, if I sit down and say, I'm going to release my episodes in January, here are the three products i'm going to be selling or the four products i've got one per quarter i just sit down and i record the calls to action for them when i do that and i just i just change the dynamic calls to action at the time i want to change them and it's that's your year of marketing done so it, dude it's huge it's it's i geek out about this all day long i love it i think it's so powerful
0: it really is so um the first time i've used it was for the return of this podcast we did a little promo um, for podcast listeners, which was a special on on membership academy. And obviously, that's not something we want to run all the time. We only wanted that to run for two or three weeks. And so being able to kind of just that that paint over feature is amazing. So all of our old episodes have ads baked in, which for the listeners means the final audio file you create has all of your ads and your call to actions all as part of one recording. So the fact I was able to go back through some of my most popular past episodes that are still being listened to today, locate the point where normally it would say, and if you've enjoyed today's episode, head on over to Membership Academy and just paint over that with a new call to action, which was you know, to celebrate the return of the podcast, we're offering our listeners a very special deal. The fact I could do that without having to manually download every single episode and manually chop out the old thing and put in the new thing. And then when we were done running the promo, you just go through and be like, okay, switch it back to the original audio. Like That's nuts. And that's something in, man, what year is it now? 2023, eight years of podcasting, the ability to update baked-in calls to actions. I was having this conversation with Matthew Kimberly um, a few days ago. Great guy's been podcasting for a long, long time. And he'd said the biggest problem he has is all of his calls to actions are out of date in his past episode. So he doesn't want to promote them. So I've sent him your way yes. <laughs> to, to get that dynamic content insertion in place. And yeah, if you run any sort of seasonal promotions, if you do, I mean, membership owners are always running special offers. There's always something new happening. You could be using this to promote next month's content in your membership. Like And literally have the freshest, most up-to-date calls to actions on your episodes that are years and years old. It's nuts. Awesome, awesome feature.
1: Go, man. Thank you. It's um, an interesting use case as well that that I I think a lot of membership owners could do is actually take excerpts of the content. So if you've got a video course, you know, strip the audio from the video course, create five 30-second, you know, here's actual course content, but there's only 30 seconds of it and stick that as a pre-roll. Yeah. Here's a preview. You know, there's, there's so many fascinating use cases if you start thinking a bit laterally about it. And, I've, you know, I've, I've, that's as far as my thinking's gone on it. But there's there's a lot that you can do with this if you get creative. And I think it would be, you know, we talked right at the beginning to bring this sort of back to the, the, the question about adaptability and what should we be doing differently. There, the, the devil is in the detail we're podcasting now. You used to be able to throw anything at the wall and it would stick. Now the devil's really in the detail. And if you... If all else is equal, but you're the one doing this sort of thing, then you will stand out the most. And I think that is, you know, to really kind of distill it down to the most simplistic form possible. That's what we need to do the most in podcasting, in business, is stand out the most. So every, every advantage we can get, mate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit more specifically about membership. So typically, you know, we talked about having a podcast that you would then use as a promotional tool, a content marketing tool. For the membership, you put out your free podcast episode, give some great value. And then at the end of it, you're basically saying, listen, I've just proven to you that I know my stuff. Go join my membership. You might word it a little better than that, but basically that's what we're doing, right? Um, And, you know, in episode 163 of the Membership Geeks podcast, I shared some ways in which you can use your podcast to promote your membership. Head to membershipgeeks.com slash 163 for those. But as the podcast space has matured, and largely thanks to innovations um, from companies like Captivate, there is a lot more you can do now to pay podcasting with online memberships rather than it just being, here's somewhere we're going to put some ads, we're going to put some calls to actions. I know you've developed a great feature set for this with Captivate.fm. Can you talk a bit about that? And also what you're seeing podcasters doing these days to leverage their show with membership components?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's important to understand where uh, the willingness from listeners to get involved with podcasters has gone. Um, and what I mean by that is that people, I think a lot of people now understand that creating a podcast is part of the creator economy. So a lot of people are willing to get involved with creators that they enjoy, and and to give them something, whether it's a tip, you know, whether it's a a financial tip, um, or whether it's to join a, a membership that is that is audio based. So I'm talking here where you know, you, you see all the time with things like, um, okay, here's like early access to certain things, or here's, um, bonus content that only the subscribers get. And, and, and we see it a lot. We, we see it with the bigger shows like business walls. We'll do like listen on audible for ad free content. And we can do that. We can do that as creators. We can do that as podcasters and as membership owners. And, um, so if we use captivate as the example, what, what, what we allow for People to do anyone. And and I'll, I'll talk about how this ties specifically to memberships in a second. But what we allow people to do is sell audio only memberships. So what you do is you create your tiers. You could say, right, for five bucks a month or for 10 bucks a month, you get access to all these benefits, a little bit like Patreon. You get access to like, we'll send you a sticker, whatnot. We'll send you all sorts of other things. So what that means is when you go and publish an episode, you tick a box and you say, this is only for members. Each member gets their own RSS feed. They can listen to it in the podcast player. And it's all managed and they pay you. You can make it free if you want as well. We, we allow free tiers, but you can make it free or you can charge for it and they'll, they'll just pay you for that content. You can also do something called windowing or, 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 or early access, whereby let's assume you and I do this interview today and you put it out on a, on, a, on a Friday for argument's sake. You could say pay members or members of my membership, which I'll get to in a second. You can get this two days early or a week early so you can rack up these benefits for your members now you can also accept tips well that's dead easy you can just you can just take a one off tip uh, a, a, a quick way to look at this Aaron, a star wars podcast you and i were talking lightsabers earlier um got a slash support sparkofrebellion.com/support just everyone if you're curious about this go and look at that it's a really basic setup but it works now tying this to memberships is really good because what you can also do is because we're a, 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 we're an API first company, we're, we're programmatic in, in the way that we work. We want people to be able to tinker and do things. Um, what you're able to do is link this to other things. So what I can do is say, right, here is, um, here, you join my membership and you get access to early access content or exclusive content only. And we do this for... Um, some like big media companies where we'll work with their... Inter- and I'm talking people that have got paywalls, you know, companies that we'd all recognize that have got paywalls for their content. And we we work with them to say, look, once someone's paid you for the content on your website, actually, well, it talks to Captivate. It creates them an RSS feed and they get that emailed and they can access all your bonus content as well. So y- y- you, can, you can you can really... You can really start to do a couple of different things with this. You could start to say things like, "Look, if you're a fan of the podcast, but you're not quite ready for anything else that I sell, just go and give me a tip. Get used to giving me something, or go and subscribe to this one dollar a month thing, or go and subscribe. You know what? I, you know what I mean. Or you can use this kind of thing to enhance your membership. If you if you if you join my membership at forty seven a month." you get access to the podcast, you get access to the past library of the podcast and exclusive interviews with such and such. And the way that a lot of people use this is that let's say you and I do this interview. Now we finish and actually you say, actually, Marco, stay on for 10 more minutes. We're going to do 10 extra minutes that is just exclusive content for the members. Well, like what's the extra effort in that? Barely anything. And you just upload it as normal and off you go. So again, really, really powerful. And I'm I'm a huge fan of like, keeping eggs out of baskets you know if you if you you need multiple ways to earn and, and and the last thing I'll say about this is this can work really good for offboarding so what i mean by that is that and and you know hopefully no one ever cancels from your membership but one of the things that you could do is you could say right you don't need this element of my membership so you're too busy for the community you're too busy for the video courses but actually instead of um cancelling and me not getting anything from you. What about if you just stay on at 10 bucks a month and you just get access to the exclusive podcast and the early access and uh, event meetups or whatever, you know, invites to all that. So there's so many ways that you can use it. And before it was such a faff, you know, getting it all plugged in and how do I link this to WordPress? Didn't it? It's just a, such a faff, but it's much, much easier now, mate. So yeah, again, I'm a huge fan of that sort of stuff. I, someone tipped me for my show the other day. I was like, this is brilliant. I get a beer. And it's just, It's awesome. It's
0: great. Yeah. I'm getting kind of jealous that I'm not getting tips for this as well. That's like, get the beer. (laughs) Yeah. What have I been missing? But no, I think it all kind of thematically fits in with, with what we've been saying throughout. It's just thinking that bit more strategically, thinking that bit deeper, not taking for granted that the things that worked when podcasting as an industry wasn't really an industry industry, that that still works today because things have moved, things have changed. And, you know, membership owners are primed to, to always kind of stay ahead and always be looking for what they need to do to adapt and, and and evolve. And I think sometimes we get so focused on making sure our membership is evolving and growing that we're not also evolving the marketing channels and the other pieces of the puzzle so, yeah, I, I love the idea of using the podcast as as an offboarding option as well to kind of keep that connection, that relationship, and give people other ways of, of sticking with you. All right, my man, I think I've milked you for plenty of podcasting wisdom for one day. If our listeners want more from you, where should they go? How can they find you?
1: Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Always good to chat. Um, Yeah, probably just on on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it now.
0: Just uh, no, We're not calling it X. Are we, heck? We're not that, we're calling it Twitter. Eh, that edge lord <laughs> rebranding it to X is just... Uh, that's another podcast episode. That's a whole episode, yeah. isn't it? Well, I'm on the Twitter. Uh,
1: that's where I do all my interacting, to be fair. It's just at Mr. Askwith on Twitter. But if you want to listen to the show... It's just mark.live in your address bar, stick it in the old URL bar and you'll get it in all your podcast apps as well. Just search for my name in your podcast app and uh, you'll probably get me.
0: Perfect. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my man. Thanks so much for coming back on the show and getting into it. I know our listeners are going to love it. And uh, yeah, we'll have to get you back to rant about something else further down the line.
1: Count me in. I'm always there for a rant, my
0: friend. Awesome. Cheers, man. Take care. All right, big, big thanks once again to Mark for coming on the show and sharing his wisdom, his insight, and his advice. And a big, big shout-out, a big plug for Captivate.fm. It's the single best podcast hosting service that there is. That is what this podcast is hosted on. And, yeah, I mean, we were using another host for years prior to that, but then Captivate came along and just changed the game We jumped ship and we've never looked back. They are just so far ahead of the curve in terms of podcast hosting, monetization. It's just unreal. Captivate.fm, check them out. And you know that it's a good endorsement because I'm giving you the direct URL and not our affiliate URL. Uh, So I get nothing other than just helping you ensure that you're using the best in class for your podcast hosting. And also be sure to check out markaskwith.com. That's mark, A-S-Q-U-I-T-H dot com for all of Mark's podcasts and other free resources. All right, that's it from me. I'm out of here. Make sure you tune in two weeks time for the next episode, which is a very special anniversary episode where myself and Callie will be looking back over the last year of Membership Academy. We'll see you then. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Membership Geeks podcast, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. Membership Academy is the original membership about memberships, and it's the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a successful online membership business. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be and you need some help making it a reality, or whether your website is already up and running and you're looking for ways to grow and attract new members then membership academy can help you to get to the next level not only do you get access to our step-by-step membership roadmap our extensive training library and exclusive member only discount and tools you'll also become part of our supportive active community of membership owners that will help you along the way in your journey with feedback encouragement and advice all of this and more make membership academy the number one place to be for anyone looking to start manage and grow a successful membership business check it out and join the community at membershipacademy.com